0: Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of In the Details, a celebration of nuance where each week I queen out on all of the acting choices, micro moments, and magic in the minutiae that make a scene great. My name is Colin Drucker. Your name continues, as always, to be Barbara Bel I am so pleased to be joined by, among other things, and girl, we'll get into that, but let's first and foremost introduce my boyfriend... Jonathan Foster.
1: Hello. 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 Hi.
0: Welcome to my podcast.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Um, so, uh, I know listeners. I know, uh, a scandal-o. I know uh, the, some lucky lady came along and <laughs> swept me off my espadrilles. <laughs> so, uh, we have been talking about doing this for a while. This is, uh, I think just because it was like, we have a similar appreciation for micro moments, acting choices, nuances, um, you in particular because you are um, you're not just a spectator, but you are also a performer.
1: Yes, I'm the artistic director of a little theater company called Thicket and Thistle. and we are a group that writes musicals and we are all actor, musician comedians as well as uh, we throw in some improv, a lot of a lot of fun, quick 90 minute musicals.
0: I love a 90 minute musical. I love a 90 minute anything. yeah. though you know, I, I talked about midsummer, uh, last week, or whenever the last episode was, and of course we saw that together. And Midsummer was two and a half hours. I was say, that felt very long. Yeah, but I I appreciated that. I, there's times where, like Suspiria, for example, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, let this be a long experience. Let yeah, me feel exhausted. Ninety minutes isn't enough. But. Especially a theatrical experience, my bladder appreciates 90 minutes.
1: Right. And especially where there's no intermission. So you don't have to like break up the the story for whatever reason, just to like so people can go pee and buy more beer. You yeah. Know, it's yeah. not worth it.
0: And then you got a bunch of goobers eating goobers all yeah. through act two.
1: Crinkle, <laughs> crinkle. Yeah. Crinkle, crinkle, the musical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I um, sort of, I think, an inspiration. I had this idea in the shower for what we're going to talk about today and why we're kind of talking about both of these things. It's a loose connection. Last week, Wine Country in midsummer was a loose connection, but what we're connecting here today and what we're talking about, because we're talking about two totally different things, one, of course, being the 2011, I should look it up. I'll look it up later while you're talking and I'm listening to find out <laughs> the year, but uh, we're going to be talking about the movie Fun Mom Dinner, mm. which stars among uh, many other like notable cast members, Hereditary star Tony Collette.
1: Yeah, Little Miss Sunshine's finest.
0: Yeah, I, kind of a patron saint of this podcast mm-hmm. in a way. Um, we can talk about this later. But someone on Twitter recently was um, wanting to highlight appreciation for Tony Collette in The Sixth Sense.
1: I keep forgetting that she is in The Sixth Sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. And she has this, there's this great scene in the car, they're stuck in traffic, where Haley Joel Osment's character is kind of like convincing her that he sees dead people by talking about her mother. Mm-hmm. And she does this like handography. It is hand acting, a master class.
1: I'm going to have to go back and watch it. I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's
0: so good. She's so good in it. Um, and so I just want to sort of mention that while we're mentioning the name Tony Collette. We'll of course talk about her more mm-hmm. when we talk more about Fun Mom Dinner, mm-hmm. which I like to describe as, and I think I presented to you as like, it is, there is absolutely, it's not a bad movie, and yet it is awful, and it's fine, and there's really nothing terrible about it, but I hate it, but I keep watching it.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it has so many great actors in it, and it has a couple of redeeming qualities, but like... There's just something about it that like, this is just not a good movie.
0: It's not. <laughs> it just it it hits so many false notes. It's somewhat reminiscent, not not in the same way, but somewhat reminiscent of Wine Country.
1: Yeah, where it feels like it was written kind of in a flash with a. a Maybe there wasn't enough time, or maybe there was too much time, and it was like overwritten. There's just something, something—it's missing that flair.
0: And I feel like there wasn't someone there to say, you know what, this part isn't working. Could you punch this up? Like no one—it just doesn't feel like anyone
1: was was pushing back on on
0: this script.
1: Yeah, and I, I've been in that—I've been in that position before in that room of where. You have ideas or you're seeing your ideas. We're talking about like writing a a screenplay Mm -hmm. where the the idea works in your head. But then like on paper, like in reality, it's like, oh, yeah, this doesn't really play out. And so you have somebody on set responsible enough to be like, oh, yeah, hey, this isn't looking like it's reading. Right. So what is this moment? Let's redo this moment. It looks like this movie was written by. Uh, um, there, there probably wasn't a lot of like workshop or try it outs on that, you know, because these are all seasoned actresses. And so, yeah. you know, they're probably just like, hey, this is something that you do on the side, you know, like really quickly. Can we brush this through the pipeline?
0: Yeah, this probably took them like a month at most to film at most. You know, they're all like local. They probably go home to their families at night. Um, the movie is written by Paul Rudd's wife, Julie Rudd.
1: Oh, and,
0: you know, we'll get into that um, because. We're going to get to because Paul Rudd is because Paul Rudd is in this and he really is um, the best supporting actress. Yeah, Um, but we're also going to be talking about uh, specifically a couple of scenes from the last episode of the first season of Broadchurch. Uh, And so I warn you now: huge spoilers on Broadchurch. Huge, but if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's um, yeah, well, we'll I don't want to ruin it for anybody. So we'll talk about fun mom dinner first so that, you know, cause there's nothing to spoil there, mm-hmm. but the connection between the two or the way that I've connected it to tie back to sort of what I want to highlight about you is the mix of like comedy and, and darkness, you mm-hmm. know, light dark. So in fun mom dinner, um, the stakes are profoundly low. And like meaninglessly low, you know, and there's sort of a frivolity to it all. And then, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's a girl's night out. There's no crazy drama. There's no crazy thrill about it. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, these girls need to let loose and let out some steam.
0: Yeah. And so there's kind of like, oh, this is just like a fun mom dinner. Mm. That's what they should call it. (laughs) And then in Broadchurch, I mean, it's like this is the shattering of a community. This is like dark, dark stuff.
1: Yeah, especially that they even, uh, I think of that last scene with uh, uh, the head detective Mm -hmm. who uh, looks at all the police people at the end. He's like, when this breaks, the whole town is going to be destroyed. This is going to crack this community wide open. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And so I think that you're familiar with having a sort of fun you know, setting, telling a rather dark story, marrying the yeah. two. Am I, am I connecting these two things pretty well? Am I mean, I, the how gymnastics are
1: astonishing, but yeah. I'll go with it.
0: Listen, <laughs> this is just a triple <laughs> axel into yeah. talking about Death Cruise.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you completed all the things that I know about Gymnastics. Yep. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Carry Strug. Won. I yeah. was Terry Struggling through that one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh, I'm working right now on a musical that is a it's called Death Cruise, a musical horror comedy. And I know your feelings as voiced, or opinions, I should say, as voiced previously on uh, horror comedies. I promise,
0: I was not thinking of Death Cruise, but go on. I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, no, we'll I'm discuss. sure. Yeah,
1: uh, no, uh, and we we actually started writing this uh, piece the uh in november of 2016 after some fateful event that happened during that time and we had uh, that
0: freak snowstorm it was
1: that weird it got real cold all of a sudden so uh our my company we went out to connecticut out to newtown and we started writing and we're just kind of like we're in really scary but like kind of funny but like the stakes are really high but like they're really not like there's just like that weird mix and that's how we landed on right now what we feel like writing like what we're living in is a horror comedy Mm -hmm. and so that that energy has followed us through the creation of this show
0: yeah yeah because i mean i've seen the reading of it and i've you know i've obviously you know seen you guys perform some of the songs from it and uh yeah i feel like there's you know it's all done with a wink and a nod and a tongue-in-cheek thing but there's like a real story there there's real like there's there's real stakes within kind of like the absurdity of it all
1: yeah there's definitely there's stakes I feel like there's a lot of heart in all of these characters because the characters that we've written are very close replicas of who we are as people Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean as individuals uh, that are working on this right and and so there is that that we're not just playing these like random general like uh, characters of like, you know, the strong man, the ditzy girl, mm-hmm. the you know, uh, that those have a little bit more of a heart to them. But we also overall looking back at it are also giving a big w- w- wink and a nudge.
0: Right. And I think that's what it is, is it feels like, oh, these are like human characters in an absurd situation. Yes. But like yes. at no point is it like to be taken too seriously. Yeah. Cause
1: we also have some very non-human characters as well mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that are just as fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um, just for any listeners at the top of the show who are in New York, um, you know, some you, know, you gotta, you know, make like, make like a glade plant and plug away, girl,
1: plug away, girl, plug it in, plug it in. Um, so death cruise, a horror comedy musical about a group of, cruise ship workers who are hunted and then haunted by a demon. Uh, So that's our our spiel. That's our elevator pitch. And we open this Friday, July 26th, at Access Theater. And we run uh, this weekend, Friday night at 8, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and then on Sunday afternoon... And we're in talks of a possible extension. Wow.
0: So, um, well, I'll, obviously, I'll put a link in the description, but where would people get tickets?
1: Uh, you can get tickets at, uh, follow our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, thicket and Thistle is our, uh, Thicket, the letter in Thistle. Thicket and Thistle is all of our social media handles. And your listeners actually have a cute little discount promo code. What?
0: This is a sponsored oh, moment. Why? What?
1: <laughs> Squarespace Squarespace, me baby mm-hmm. uh, uh, When you uh, go to the event page to buy your tickets Have your listeners type in the promo code 666 It's three numbers, 666 Yeah And I'll give them a cute little discount
0: Well, thank you for that Of well, course yeah. Well, listeners, if you do go, I'm going to be there So just let me know And then we can sit together So, uh, well, thank you I'm super excited about it I, I As I did say in my last episode I typically, I mean, I'll freely admit this, and maybe this is like, this sounds like a backhanded compliment, but the setup, the finale is better than the setup. I'm typically not a fan of musicals, and I'm typically not a fan of horror comedy, and I really enjoy Death Cruise. Thank I you. have gotten their songs in my head. I have, <laughs> um, uh, I've called Marco Marco Burialis, I, you know. So yeah, I uh, I think it's really good, and I'm very excited to see it. I'm very proud to plug it. Uh, Thank
1: you. One of the that's a big compliment to me because one of the big things that I like to say about my company is that we like to write musicals for people who hate musicals. So you're not getting like the flashy, dancy tap dances. You're not getting the fake, big over the top songs. You're getting these like first off, I I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, we're all actor musicians. So we're all playing our instruments while we're dancing and singing along on stage. There's no orchestra. Yeah. And that is a unique, uh,
0: that's very exciting. I feel like when, when I tell people, yeah, like whenever I tell people about the show and then I say, yeah. And they like play all their own instruments on stage. People's eyes light up. Yeah. Really? I'm like,
1: yeah, (laughs) we're doing a lot of work and it's a lot of fun. And, um, uh, so that's another big thing that when people come to your shows are like, oh, and then I wasn't expecting that as well. Right. Right. And
0: I think that's um, that's great. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's fun. Uh, yeah. You got to have you got to have a gimmick. You yeah. know. <laughs> so. Uh, so anyway, so that is, of course, our our loose framing to be talking about two totally different things. Uh, I keep rubbing my face because I keep feeling like. I have this thing on it. I don't, I, I, it's just a
1: film of sweat. Just a film of sweat because, mm. of course,
0: this is like typical recording a podcast in the summer. I've turned all the fans off.
1: Which is brave of you. This is the hottest summer of the year. Yeah. This hottest summer, a uh, weekend of the summer.
0: Yeah. It's the hottest weekend of the summer. It's disgusting. Marco's conked out on the floor like a throw rug. <laughs> I keep watching him like you're breathing, you're breathing. Check those ribs. Yeah. I'm checking the ribs. <laughs> um, so let's, let's just get right into it. Yeah. We've talked about wanting to do a fun mom dinner episode since I think I made you watch it. Yeah. You know, said, here, this is something that would be very good for you. Um, But it's terrible. (laughs) Understand this. Yeah. You're going to hate it, but you you need to watch this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I may have mentioned this movie previously. I feel like now that I have the IMDb page up, I can quickly say that this came out in 2017.
1: 2017. It feels like it was written so long Mm -hmm. ago.
0: And it was written by Julie Rudd, Paul Rudd's wife. And directed by Althea Jones, and it stars Kate Aselton, um, who I don't know from anything else. We're gonna you who plays Emily. She plays Emily, and I have clicked through to her IMDb page. She's oh, she's married to Mark Duplass, which is like he's done a whole bunch of stuff. I feel like all of this now that I'm start, starting to see the details. Uh huh. In I'm, I'm I'm in the details. Look of at those this, nuances. The nuances, micro moments, acting choices. Mm-hmm. This is just like a bunch of like industry friends who like came together to make this movie that Julie wrote. That's what I'm seeing here.
1: Yeah. So now that I'm hearing you say that, I'm reminded of a good a mentor friend of mine in college who would tell me that when you're picking shows or picking parts to do, or picking your projects. That you will do it for either the bucks, the yucks, or the chucks. It's like the bucks is the money. Mm-hmm. The chucks is the uh, uh, friends that you're going to be making. And the yucks is just like, this is a part that I want to do. Right. 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 And I feel like this was more of the, the chucks. Like, this is just like, you're with your friends. This is something super easy. That'll be like a good, nice little change of money that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be play. a fun
0: little thing. It'll fund like a, you know, some kind of vacation uh, situation yeah. or like a new home, whatever. Yeah. Um. I mean, that would explain why the cast is pretty good because Tony Collette is in this. Mm-hmm. Molly Shannon is in this. Um, Bridget Everett, who we were talking about this before, she is she was in this unfortunately not picked up Amazon show called Love You More, mm-hmm. which was written by Michael Patrick King, who we all may know from The Comeback. And so the first episode, I don't even know if it's like available anywhere to find, but I highly recommend it. It is, she is so good. It's so good. I'll read the description on IMDB just so I can kind of sell it. Karen Best is a big girl with a big personality and a big love of Chardonnay, which occasionally causes her to make some big mistakes with men. But the biggest thing about Karen is her big heart, which she uses to excel at her job as a counselor at an independent living residence for young adults with Down syndrome. And sometimes Karen needs, Karen's need to stand up for all the little people in life manifests into a fantasy rock music number where we discover she also has a big and beautiful voice. Wow! And in the first episode, she has sex with—I don't know if he's like legitimately a little person, but he's definitely like under five feet. Oh! And uh, a huge penis, like, oh. he, like uh, just comically big, and she's just like really funny sex scene. Um, but it's like. Not making fun of her for, like, being big and, like, mm-hmm. having sex. It's just kind of, like, the absurdity of picking up some weird guy. Little guy. Weird yeah. little guy at a bar with a huge dick. Why not? But she has some, like, great scenes with, like, the kids at the in the living center where she works. Mm-hmm. All this to say that Bridget Everett, I came into this movie liking her. And found her character and, like, the notes she was hitting to just be
1: veering on air guitar. That's a great way of putting it. Definitely veering on Eric. Definitely just like, there's something that's just, this was written, you were like a stereotype that like a usual, like the the masculine stereotype. Yeah. And, but we put some feminine into it, but we didn't like fix those edges. So that's just kind of.
0: It's Yeah, it's this weird. I'm trying to think like who in the past has been cast in these kind of roles. I mean, I kind of feel like if they did a remake of Troop Beverly Hills, she could be the the
1: mean camp counselor. Yeah, Betty Thomas played. Mm -hmm. While I was researching her, because offline we were talking about, um, uh, I I mentioned to you that after watching her in this, I would love to see her as a stand up comedian because she has that kind of like uh, personality, and when she tells stories, it's very engaging. I was like, I bet she'd be a great stand up comedian. And while I'm searching for her right now, all like all a bunch of stand up comedian. Uh, video show up. I'm like, oh, oh, well, there look you at go. That girl?
0: Yeah, I mean, she's she's definitely has that energy. I like most of the problems with you know. Obviously, I really like Tony Collette. I really like Molly Shannon. I really like Bridget Everett. Mm-hmm. Most of my problems are with the dialogue,
1: uh, yeah. with the script itself. Yeah, and we can get into a couple of those. Yeah, problem areas. <laughs> I think we. I
0: think here's the overall way that I'm approaching this movie and the way that I see it, and then we can get into kind of what I think we both know to be the quintessential example. Mm-hmm. This movie feels like something that was written to say, "Oh my god, moms!" Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like if this is this is so true, right? And it's kind of like designed to be a movie to. For a bunch of moms to go out and see for a fun mom
1: dinner. Which is definitely a niche that's like that yep. deserves an audience, right? Um, uh, I feel the same way about, uh, we can talk about this too, Bad Moms. Yes, and, which and is then,
0: a far superior version of this. Yes,
1: and then Bad Moms Christmas, which is better than this, but not as good as Bad Moms. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went out to see it in the theater, it was a bunch of middle-aged women with, like, flasks of wine. Like, ooh, yeah, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: this they, This is, like, this is my chance to, like, live this fantasy. And I feel like Bad Moms is, like... Th- Fun Mom Dinner is for women... and For moms who are, like, intimidated by bad moms. Yeah! Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to be that bad. I don't want to be that bad. I just want to, you know... I just want to, like, run out of a, of a Walgreens and throw some Cheez-Its in the air. Right,
1: not, not spill milk in the aisles. No. No.
0: No. Which, speaking of which...
1: Oh, a mother can never run out of milk. A mother
0: can never run out of milk. Uh, that is, of course, a line that Tony Colette says at some point... It, it You know, I love Tony Collette having a meltdown at a dinner table, but uh, I'm your mother is uh,
1: much more impactful than a mother can never run out of milk. Uh, right. I feel like she was putting way too much weight in it, and so I was waiting for it to come back at the end. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she says it, if I remember correctly, she says it twice at the beginning. She says it once in the car... And then doesn't she say it at the dinner as well? Oh, that's right. Is that she's she's in the car and she's going to get milk? That's right. I forgot about well, that. Well, she she's lying. She's lying. Right, but she, she's already said I gotta but, get milk. My mother never runs out of milk.
0: What? Um, orange cones, no phones. I was buying milk. I'm out of milk. Well, there's a of Joe's right around the corner. Yeah, well, I don't do markets. You took my phone yesterday, for fuck's sake! And my car wasn't even moving. Jesus, just admit you take stuff a little too far when you admit that you were texting and driving. I was buying milk. A mother can never run out of milk. But then, yeah, at dinner at some point, she, like, snaps. Mm -hmm. And then that's her, like, breakdown is, like, a mother can never run out of milk.
1: And so I was waiting for a third time. Yeah, the rule of threes. Yeah, that maybe, you know, for whatever reason, maybe, you know, Home Alone-style, like, pours milk all over somebody who's chasing her and totally. says, you know, Your mother can never run out of milk, and it's a powerful moment for Tony. Yeah, but that would mean someone would have to be chasing after her, which is Yeah, God back- forbid anything that exciting. God
0: forbid anything happens in this I movie. I could pour
1: some milk on Adam Levine, yeah, <laughs> some the, spoiled milk. <laughs> yeah, the most, yeah, some spoiled soy milk. <laughs> oh, oh.
0: Yeah, the most exciting thing that shows up. So just to give, like, a very brief, like, here's what happens in the Fun Mom Dinner. Okay. Let's talk, so... I don't even want to talk about the husbands. Okay. Yeah. I like please. the less time we talk about the husbands and the kids, the better. It's just, it's just dads not being good at being dads or like kind of having
1: dad logic and then yeah. like, the kids being gross. Almost. I would dare say the way that I think a lot of, uh, earlier, uh, scripts, like in like the early like sixties and seventies, like when they write about women, like what the women are doing, it's like, guys don't know what the women are doing yeah they're you know and so they're giving these women like very like non-nuanced menial tasks and you know that as a side characters you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i feel like maybe in this way that the the women that are writing this are like i don't really know what dads do they just fuck up being parents
0: yeah this is or this is how i want to portray it because then it just gives more spotlight on like this is what these moms need a break from and these dads need to learn to step up right
1: look at these dads being bad dads bad dads yeah (laughs) Now, oh,
0: now that's, I mean, I think I've seen a version of Bad Dads on, like, Pornhub. Um, <laughs> but I, well, you know, and that that's a whole other tangent, right? Because there is a whole genre of, like, the hangover kind of movies of, like... Yeah, I feel
1: like all movies with a bunch of men in their are bad dad yeah, movies. Like, yeah,
0: it's all, like, bad dads or bad uncles mm-hmm. or, you know, like, bad older brothers that never got mm-hmm. married. And then there is this kind of genre of, like girls getting into trouble, like, you know, girls behaving badly. Right. And, in you know, men, girls, I realize the dichotomy here. Yeah. But I just feel like, yeah, Fun Mom Dinner, I think what's so fascinating about it is that it's like, essentially, it's like the Jocelyn Fox of, like, girls behaving badly movies. It's like, really? Yeah. Like, you showed up to this competition, but, like, Bad Moms is over there? But you're sticking around. But you're sticking around. I, I, And so I give it credit because it sticks around. Mm -hmm. It it, it says, yeah, I know. This is as low the stakes are going to be. The moms are going to go out to dinner. Tony Collette's going to freak out about the milk. Mm -hmm. She and Bridget Everett are going to smoke a vape pen in the parking lot. (laughs) Don't get me (laughs) started. I think the word doobage.
1: Doobage is definitely the word that they use. The doobage is said. And then they leave the parking lot with the oil pen. With the oil pen.
0: smell Doesn't smell. They go to the bathroom. Well, they go back to the table and they're like, "Oh my god, I need to eat so many desserts. I have such munchies." And I get it, but I just we like we were watching it. I was like, you know, what if it was a dry mouth
1: joke? Yeah, like, you could really play that. Or out. Or like you know? really dry eyes. Like, oh my goodness, have you been crying? And it's like, no, but I can't stop itching my eyes. Right,
0: right, and like maybe like their eyes are dry and their mouth is dry, and they try to drink a candle, mm-hmm. and you know, all ki- You could really, you could go somewhere. I'm not trying to tell. Julie Rudd had to write her movie but
1: but then they all go to the bathroom then they all go in the bathroom this is what goops me about this was when I was like okay I've had enough of this terrible representation of marijuana smoking mm-hmm. in a movie first off like it was all fake smoke because when Molly Shannon goes to blow smoke out there's like a big like empty Space in between her lips and the yeah. wall, oh, and yeah, there's the puff of smoke. I am like, Oh, god, yeah, oh, come on, come on, come
0: <laughs> on, uh, CGY, come right. on.
1: The uh, the um, but the it, fact that the bathroom smells, and then the girl comes in and she's like, The manager is gonna find out. I'm like, Girl, the manager already knows, the manager, manager knows there's Damn. holes all through these doors, <laughs> yeah. And
0: if and if Tony Collette's character is such a like you know, a weed aficionado, wouldn't she know smoke the blunt outside, smoke the joint. I like, she's like, Oh, there's nothing like a, like a old fashioned joint. Yeah. Go outside with that. Smoke the vape pen in the bathroom, like a real human being.
1: And, and when you smoke the vape pen, there's probably some smoke that comes out, but it's not going to set off the, set alarms off the fire alarms and alarm. the water. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah. Okay. So then, you know, after there's some interaction with a precocious child, the Ugh. less set on that, the better. <laughs> Then they manage with a, with a small, you know, squiggle of smoke. They mm-hmm. set off the fire alarm and then the sprinklers in the whole restaurant
1: and nobody runs out.
0: Well, so, so there's like calamity. There's like, a, there's like a community theater production of the Poseidon Adventure that goes on. But I think the girls realize, "Ooh, we don't want to get caught. Let's go out the back door." Mm. But wouldn't there Oh, be- I miss that there was a back yeah, door. That, and thats they. yeah, well, come on. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, 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 out of character. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so then they're like, "Oh man, now there's sirens. This is like a huge reaction, right? And so they run
1: they dine and dash
0: and it's just like running and the the worst i think to be honest i think what i what i like the worst what i like the worst that really actually mm-hmm. sums up my mm-hmm. feelings in this movie what i like the worst is the music <laughs> it's the music cues, and you can hear like the the director being like, "Oh my god, oh my god, let's play this! Oh my you god, know be really cool, some like fun chase music mm-hmm. here because they're running
1: and they'll run to the Walgreens and their heels, yeah,
0: and it's nostalgic. It's it's like this music from their high school years. But don't
1: worry, nobody's chasing them. Nobody's chasing them.
0: <laughs> they're running way too long. Um, this reminds me of this is a, a you've seen the movie Hocus Pocus, of course. Oh, of course. So of course. after. The kids defeat the witches. Mm -hmm. They're kind of doing a lot of hooting and woohoo, we did it and kicking around. And it goes on and on yeah. and on. It goes on into like the next scene in the park. And you're like, okay, I get it. You did it.
1: But I think that that was made. Okay, now this might just be me putting something onto it because I love that movie so much. I'll make any excuse for it. Because for me, the like after I realized that that's what was happening, uh, with it going on too long, I remember feeling like, oh, no, this is going on too long because they're not done.
0: Yeah, it's like in a horror movie when you, like, know. Mm-hmm, when you know the killer's not dead. Yeah. But I just think, I don't know. I have problems. It could could have gone
1: a couple of seconds less.
0: It just could have been a little bit less, and I think they still. But anyway, this is not about hocus pocus. Mm. This is about fun mom dinner, fun mom broad church. (laughs) Yeah. So. so yeah, and I think that it's like, and that's pretty much the level where it stays. They realize they're at a Walgreens. Mm-hmm. We never get to see them go in the Walgreens and create any havoc.
1: No, because the budget wasn't the budget. There.
0: No, we just get to see Bridget Everett pull a Walgreens gift card out of seemingly nowhere. Yeah, out of
1: her wallet of a, what I'm sure is only one card.
0: Oh yeah, just the one. Yeah, the, the one thing that's in there, and she does that. Different actors have different like things they do, different mm-hmm. bits they do, and she does this thing. She and I, I mean. It's this like munchy voice because <laughs> i got a gift card like she I does you know what i mean she does that thing mm-hmm. uh it's it's like a bridget ever inflection oh you know, really where she she gets kind of bulldoggy. yeah uh and what i liked about love you more is that she didn't really go there she went to these other like very nuanced places and it's always exciting when like you see an actor who's normally like kind of being the clown getting yeah. it to be very real
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to looking into that.
0: I'm gonna, yeah, uh, yeah I'm considering possibly thinking about maybe, maybe saying I might watch that. Yeah,
1: considering t- not not swiping pa- swiping past it. Yeah, on not Netflix. swiping past
0: it and saying, "Oh, was that stupid thing you want me to watch?" Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, so. So, they, they, the next stop, if I'm remembering correctly, is they go to a bar.
0: They are, and I do want to mention because <gasps> oh, there's no. two things here, and we didn't watch the trailer to confirm this, but there's this scene where they run out of the back of the restaurant and they're like, oh my God, we got to run. They're like, oh, but let me text my husband. And then the music stops and they all stop at the same time in a line to start texting. I guarantee you it's in
1: the trailer. It has to be. And if it's not, what a missed opportunity. Which would be on brand? Which would be on brand.
0: I I like that the worst. Yeah. And then what is very familiar from both the trailer and the cover is like Bridget Everett in a onesie.
1: In a unicorn onesie. Unicorn
0: onesie. Yeah, their idea of wreaking havoc. Unlike... Like bad, bad moms. moms. Talk about the bad moms scene in the supermarket. Yeah,
1: where they're running through the frozen goods section, like knocking shit over, taking pictures with like the the cardboard cutouts, which is always fun. Like humping on the old man, uh-huh. uh, uh, throwing throwing Honey Nut Cheerios down the aisle and milk after, and doing a slip and slide. I feel like at yeah. one point, uh, a bunch of crazy clean up an aisle store. Yeah, All of yeah, clean up, up an aisle it. A&P. We got a yeah. couple of bad moms. Bad moms, right? Yeah, these moms are. Bad. These are bad moms. These are bad moms. Right, but these moms—they're just fun moms. They're fun moms. And They just left dinner. Fun mom.
0: Yeah, I wish this was bad mom dinner. Yeah, <laughs> I wish this was bad mom dinner. Is really what I'm asking for here. Right.
1: Fun mom dinner. We go to a Walgreens, and we don't—we don't mess it up.
0: We don't mess it up. God forbid, they're moms. Right. A mother right? can never—you know—clean as you go.
1: Right. Ugh. Yeah. Let me start on that theory. Yeah,
0: it's still something I do. Um, you may have heard of it.
1: I might have heard of it. Yeah. The uh what? But I, I it. Not being in uh, suburbs, I've, now that I live in New York, yeah, one thing that always catches me off guard is seeing a Walgreens or a CVS that's just standalone oh, yeah. in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I love, uh, when I go back home, I do this, I'll just drive to whatever Walgreens and just like sit in an empty parking lot and be yeah. like, look around, there are no people, mm-hmm. and it's just flat and empty.
0: It's so nice. And
1: so every time that, like, some of these these movies go, go to places like that, I'm like, oh, there is something.
0: Yeah, well, that's why I like in the suburbs, like, a supermarket at night. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, there's no one really there. You're just kind of hearing, like, music that, not every music that you would pick to listen to, but mm-hmm. when it plays, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I like that song. Oh yeah, is it
1: uh Nora Jones? Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, you hear that? <laughs> no 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 no. You
0: hear that little like, oh, I'm sinking into a warm <laughs> no, bath. No, no no no. Yeah, that's my Nora Jones. <laughs> that's my Nora Jones. That's my Nora Jones. Um but um yeah, and just like walking the aisles, and yeah. just big wide open aisles. I would have loved to see kind of like
1: a, a supermarket scene I guess. Yeah, I would love okay, lo, what happened in that Walgreens because what I would what I would have loved to have seen is like the what each of them first go to. Like what aisle they choose yeah, to go. Yeah,
0: that to. could have been a whole bit of like Molly Shannon going to the makeup aisle mm-hmm. and Tony Collette would going, to
1: going to the to, milk? to the milk aisle getting the obviously because you know, she mother can, can never run, run, out, of run out of milk.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Bridget Everett would be, obviously she would, she turn the corner and she would go, <gasps> and we wouldn't see what she saw. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. that bit.
1: And then there would be her like bouncing down on one of those big bouncy balls, like bouncing down oh. the card aisle. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and I feel like Emily, who I keep forgetting about, cause she's <laughs> because
0: the blandest. She might be like, yeah, she might be, she
1: might be like looking at the Kodak corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that still yeah. exists for no reason. Yeah. She's printing some <laughs> photos. Yeah. Yeah. In Matt. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when, did you have a Walgreens or like a CVS oh. going, growing up like that? Oh
0: yes, ma'am. I, that was a thing that I would like to do, that I would like to do. That was a thing that I did do, mm-hmm. um, before the age of 14, yeah. I could walk, I could, it was like a few blocks, I got into like sort of a busier road and I walked a few blocks and there was a big Walgreens there, mm-hmm. stopped there, walked the aisles, check out the diet pills, yeah. all that stuff. And then there was another shopping center that had, well, there was the used bookstore, there was something else there. I can't remember. But I know further down there was a drug fair. We had drug mm. fair as well. And there may have been something else. But I, oh yeah, I love just like...
1: So a, when you would go to like one of those stores, like what would be the first aisle that you would go down? Ooh.
0: You know that's a very that's a really important question Mm -hmm. because sometimes you go you have like a direction you have to kind of go through something Mm -hmm. but the one thing I wouldn't do is walk through the makeup aisle because I didn't want anyone no one needed to know no one needed to know I didn't need to to, like let everybody know I was gay by walking down the makeup aisle and having oh he's lost he's lost I wouldn't
1: even know what to do in the makeup aisle but I knew to not be seen in the makeup aisle God forbid
0: Um, but oh if only yeah Um, I think that I typically first
1: go to. That's wh- a great while you're question. thinking do me to tell you mine yeah that might help me okay because i i was i had two i had two the first was the candy aisle i'm thinking the food the candy yeah because that would just like not to buy i would very rarely get to buy mm-hmm. candy there but just to know that it was there check on it made made you know That kid happy
0: what if it was seasonal you might see some halloween situations or easter or
1: even better the day after halloween or the day after easter when it's all on sale and you're like oh i could do this i I could do this this yeah i'm gonna save up all my chore money yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah uh but then the second place that i would go to uh and this says a lot about who i am i would go to the card section and there was always like one or two cards that had a picture of a hot dude without a shirt on and I would just, because this was before porn mm-hmm. or not before porn, before yeah. the internet or yeah. before I had a phone that I could easily access the internet. Right. And so any, you know, Tumblr on my phone, any yeah. chance that I would, could get, I'd yeah. be like, Oh, I wonder if there's a new shirtless man pick card wow. on the card aisle.
0: I was always too nervous. Cause I love to go down the card aisle and like in the mall, there'd be like, um, what was that store called? You know, like a Spencers? Hallmark store, or a Hallmark. Hallmark, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallmark store. And I used to love like just reading the cards. Oh, there yeah, were some for the funny poetry. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them were really funny. Get yeah. some good, Pun jokes. Oh, there were some great puns. There were some great Maxine's. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you, Maxine, the old lady with the dog. Um, and she's always just like, you know, oh, she'd be like, she's the, the cartoon,
1: right? With yeah. the glasses and the purse yeah. and the skinny neck.
0: Yeah, like, oh, wow, you're over the hill. That means you're, um, under, she has a cane. Yeah, you're under the wire. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's not something she would say at all. Yeah, I Cut mean, that Jane. <laughs> I don't know what's... next scene. Maxine. Uh, suddenly, we've in digressed. the moment, we've digressed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, fun mom dinner. They leave Walgreens and they go to. They call the, an Uber X. They call an Uber X to the the drug store. The drug to go to the dispensary.
0: to, yeah. go to Tony Clutz di- dispensary of choice, and that is where we are introduced to Best Supporting Actress Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd playing one of the um, workers at the dispensary, and this other guy. I should look up what his name is. The cast is set. Is um like as they appear which i always find so annoying oh here we go it's david wayne oh they're both from like the um like ucb they were both in wet hot american summer i think he's one of the okay, writers that's of it why he,
1: i was gonna say he looks familiar but i can't put my finger on how well, he's I from know.
0: that whole world he's funny i mean there's they're both like i'm i'm not unhappy to see him yeah uh
1: Paul Rudd though, Paul Rudd looking better than ever, and those dimples. I mean, I mean, Paul Rudd in a yarmulke, like in a yarmulke. You're I making d- me <laughs> y- want to yeah. wear a yarmulke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't think of any yarmulke puns, but dreidel, um, uh, <laughs> dreidel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I um,
1: it's a head scratcher. It is. That's it is. A yeah. Is.
0: I, I certainly don't want to miss him. On, meet him on a Saturday <laughs> because it's the Sabbath. <laughs> can't and do, anything. Be able to do anything. <laughs> That's all I can think of in the moment, but yes, um, Paul Rudd, where look fitting into a no again the writer's husband. So mm-hmm. he's like, yeah,
1: baby, I'll do this. She clearly wrote this part for him exactly. She's like, well, I know his strengths, and I and he would probably like, oh, you know, what would be really funny if I said this. He probably improv some of those lines, like, but, and he's just so charming. Yeah, he is obscenely charming. He
0: has facial hair he you know i think i feel like maybe he was doing like ant man or something at the time so that's why he's yeah because so he fit. Has those
1: muscles through that through that shirt which is my favorite look yeah yeah like, if I'm, like... if I'm gonna wear a, a button-up shirt i'm gonna have some muscles underneath yeah that come are, on know... men at play realness
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 30 over 30
1: yeah yeah those suits that just like
0: tear like toilet paper perfect oh yeah um so yeah i he's just so good at it well you know and i'll play a clip here you know for for an example like his the way they play off of each other and, like, his delivery and the way he says, like, about how, you know, they can't really stand their wives. So, like, that's why we don't hang out with them. And he just <laughs> – I just feel like if the rest of the movie met Paul Rudd at his level, yeah, I would love this movie. Uh, but maybe can we talk about edibles?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh absolutely which by the way reminds me do any of you have glaucoma because if so we are giving away some free gummy worms
0: i have glaucoma oh <laughs> You have <glaucoma>? excellent
1: <laughs> oh you're gonna love these then. you do not have glaucoma oh wait you're kidding you don't have glaucoma no i get it you guys are so our speed because you yeah. play
0: around you can joke you have a we good we do the same time. thing we, we joke around
1: with each other even at home
0: so it's we so it. crazy people don't even get our humor and the wives are like what the well, fuck? what the fuck are you guys yeah, talking about that's why we
1: don't hang out with them that much, but these are really good. These are called Goodnight Moons. You know the the children's book Goodnight Moon? Yeah. Obviously, it's yes. what mother doesn't. And we went ahead and added the s, <laughs> you know, Goodnight Moons. This is delicious. Wayne Somebody's discovered our balls mm. <laughs> we make those here. Mm, I like it. It will fuck you up It's really intense. Well, you know how you have that like concentrated detergent You're like
0: this one little thimbleful for the whole washer and but yeah, it, that's because it, I... it's that concentrated How much of your own product do you get your little paws into? Oh, we don't smoke. I don't do it Are you kidding no. me? No, my only addiction is Mad Men. Oh forget it. <laughs> he loves it every week forget it
1: Today, hearing it for the first time, I heard that they said the word wives. I, uh, this entire time, how many times I've seen this movie, I haven't caught that. I thought they were just like partners that had a weed delivery that was open at, you know, 1 a.m. at night or whatever time it is that they're getting their fix. It's like 10 p.m., I think, at most.
0: (laughs) Maybe 9.30. It's very confusing. Yeah.
1: And, uh I thought that that was the gimmick And it was just like Oh we're You know Because they are playing off of each other Like an, an old married gay couple Yeah
0: Yeah And I So the first time I saw it I was like Oh Oh cute Alright And it's kind of fun That Paul Rudd is You know Playing a You know uh, Married to another to a guy In this movie Written by his wife That's a cute little bit Right Um, But then Yeah when they were It almost feels like We're supposed to think that And then the revelation of the wives Is supposed to be like Oh Gotcha I,
1: I didn't get it
0: Yeah Yeah uh, I I was I was disappointed. Obviously. I was drunk
1: from my fun mom dinner. Yeah, I was so, just and, and that from joke. that joint in the yeah. bathroom. Oh yeah. man, <laughs> the oil in the parking lot. Yeah.
0: Line. Oh god. So they get a a, a collection of things, and mm-hmm. I think this is where we get to, and really, a disappointing moment for Tony Collette. Mm. Maybe. It, no this was before they got there where she has that moment with molly shannon where molly shannon's like
1: oh i think that's on the way to the dispensary yeah Yeah,
0: where she's like oh you know i always get so paranoid but i used to have so and so with me and he would be my my buddy and then tony collette goes hey i'll be your buddy don't you worry i got you girl
1: messing around when you said you get paranoid i know and the problem is i always have sia with me when i got high He took care of me when I started to get like this. He was like my person. I'm going to be your person. You don't have to worry. I got you, girl. Thank
0: you. And it's like, I don't think there's anything Tony could have done to make that sound better.
1: Right, because the way that you would do that is that you would like zone zone in, lock eyes, and have like some kind of personal connection, a physical connection, and say, Mm -hmm. hey, it's okay. Let's get through this together. We're going to be fun moms. Right. This is great. We're having fun. I'm your buddy. I'll be your buddy. Let's have fun mom dinner. But instead, it was like, hey. It was like Danny Tanner and Stephanie. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. hey. And then you could hear this this special full house music in the background. Yeah. Is that your full house? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's my my full house music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It just, I feel like as we're running through this, I'm realizing, like, yeah, we're just kind of talking through the plot of this movie. And one might be listening, thinking, well, what's the whole point of having a whole episode about this movie where, like, so far, like, it doesn't really get more exciting than this. And I think that is exactly the problem with this movie.
1: Right. Is be- that I'm still compelled to go forward. It's so fast. It's because you're watching these, like, extremely talented actresses, and you're like, I mean, even the, the mediocre choices that they make are interesting. mm mm-hmm. it's, it's
0: It's interesting. It's not, like it's boring.
1: Yeah. And it and it definitely like keeps the ball I mean like I would say it gets a little boring around the whole he who must not be named from a band. Okay. That little side plot. That okay, so that's let's let's get us there to as we had said what is probably
0: the most exciting thing that happens in this movie is they go to a bar where the bartender is none other than Maroon 5 lead singer and sometimes actor, but I use air quotes, Adam Levine. Adam Levine. I just, I, I, I'm so, it's, it's kind of like, it's like this emotional version of a Chippendales dancer dressed up as like a firefighter. It's like he's yeah, doing he's this, not
1: saving any, he's not putting out any fires. No. He's causing some heat. But he's, he's not putting out fires. He could, he could warm up
0: something. But yeah. Yeah. But he's just doing, it's this, he's not playing a real character. Adam Levine is playing this performance of like, safe
1: diversion. Yeah. For a while there, I thought he was playing himself. I was like, oh, like, I was like, that would be fun. If like, oh yeah, they met Adam Levine at a bar. Yeah. And Adam Levine was like, yeah, I'm writing this song from Maroon 5. But no, we get like Adam Levine being Adam Levine as a bartender. But he's, I don't,
0: there's he, no acting here. There's no acting. No. He,
1: th- and then he leaves the bar in the middle of a shift yeah. to go have like a four hour smoke break with uh, 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 exactly. Cellophane. Uh, yeah. Emily. 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 Yeah. Emily. Um,
0: I cannot stand how pandering he is. I think that's what it comes down to. He is such a pandering character. He has the tattoo yes. of moms on his arm. Doesn't he have two moms or something? Oh, that,
1: well, that That's what he says in the in the movie. Is that true? I couldn't tell if does, that was a re- He has so many tattoos. Oh, does Adam Levine himself have two moms? Yeah. Well, or, or does he... Did he really have, like... I don't know. That one they probably drew on. Well, who knows? Maybe he, like... I don't even care enough to look it up. I don't don't want to be retargeted for Adam Levine ads (laughs) on my phone. Yeah,
0: I don't want anyone to... My history on my... Computer is bad enough. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, Barbara this.
1: Harris. Yeah, I got Barbara Harris. Men over thirty. Men over thirty. And men, men over and, sixty-five. And Oklahoma the musical. Yeah,
0: yeah. Part two online full video. <laughs> yeah. um, so you know, come on now. Uh,
1: no Just, remember Adam <laughs> Levine to mess that up. Yeah,
0: exactly. I've got a good good thing going here. <laughs> and so this is what's supposed to be like the twist in the movie is that yeah. Emily and I don't even care what his character's name is mm-hmm. go off for a walk together. It is, I'm going to play a little of the dialogue just because it's like just so painful.
1: So where are you taking me? Truth? Please. I like to get outside sometimes, get away from the bar, some fresh air. You know, it's a really nice night. Breeze. <laughs> you're very cute. You're very funny and you're very smart. And I'll have you know, I take my breaks very seriously. But I had a feeling about you and I'm just happy that you Came out with me and I. And I apologize in advance for this. This is a disgusting, terrible habit. Don't judge me. Oh
0: God, are you kidding me? No. The four kids, a cigarette, and a glass of wine at night was like.
1: Well, look, you can really drill glory days right now. Nobody's watching. We're out here by ourselves. I won't tell. God. I shouldn't. <laughs> it's been years. Yeah, you're probably right. It's not a great look to be smoking a cigarette and pushing a stroller down the street. Although it is kind of sexy in like a fucked up <laughs> 70s kind of way. You're funny.
0: And then eventually the drama as the moms are wrapped up in a terrible karaoke of 99 Balloons. Okay,
1: terrible karaoke, but also like... The, the characters that they were playing, I do not think are beltresses like that at karaoke. Yeah. Whereas the actresses playing them definitely would be. Yeah. And so watching them do karaoke, I was like, this isn't ringing true to me. Mm-hmm. Like this is actresses doing great work as, you know, singing as a character Like if I was at a karaoke bar watching them sing, I'd be like, oh look, they're drunk and they're having yeah, fun. But fun. that's definitely Molly Shannon and Bridget and you know, the rest of the crew. Yeah. Uh, but not these girls. It's, and so that karaoke moment just was like, oh, this is so not true. Idiot, which just
0: wasn't true. And I feel like just the use of the song, like when he, like, cause Adam Levine puts on the song, he's like, Hey moms, this one's for you. And
1: then they're like, we got choreo. Yeah.
0: And, and they have this, Oh and they're, and they're just, oh man. Oh God, we have to. Oh man. Oh, you know, like, like, yeah. Oh, the music. Don't make me dance. Oh, Don't yeah, make me dance. exactly. <laughs> I, I just, I can't when someone goes, Oh, I just, ugh, it's like, stop it. Stop it. It's not like we never hear this song before. Right, you know? right. It's kind of like somebody playing that song Ain't No Sunshine and thinking they're being really deep. Yeah. It's like everyone. We get knows. it. We know it. We know it. Do another cover of Hallelujah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, anyway, i on a tangent. So they are wrapped up in some 99 Left Balloons. We can talk about the nerdy guy that Molly Shannon Barry, meets. Barry. Barry. Gotta get a Barry. You gotta get a Barry. He's he's just this eunuch that Molly Shannon gets cozy with.
1: Yeah. And, and then Barry's buddy at the bar, behind the bar, or at the bar. Barry's buddy. Right, because they show up, and there's like, where's Molly Shannon? Where's Barry? And he's like, oh, Barry took her that way. Oh, oh.
0: Wait, was that, that's not John Early, his character. He's like, he works at the bar?
1: I don't, I don't know why he... Mm, No, Now I'm looking this up It is John Early It's John Early He works at the bar I didn't realize That was John Early
0: Yeah Another great comedian Slumming it But he's also In the whole UCB world So it makes sense Yeah Yeah Uh huh So he has a small role You know Just kind of being like You know Mean and gay And dismissive Yeah Um phone that one in (laughs) but then the drama is oh my god it's like high school drama oh my god where's emily oh my god where's emily oh my god
1: what oh man this is where it gets interesting are we about to watch taken yeah where's liam neeson right oh man
0: oh shit this super nice guy uh turns out turns out he's non threateningly (laughs) taking her away and like i don't even remember what
1: happened but
0: did nothing happened they like they switch she's not even on that boat Right,
1: right. The kids are on the boat, right? So, because
0: what happens is the other moms think they have to like go rescue her, but I think, meanwhile, she and Adam Levine just go talk somewhere for. They're a while. smoking. They're smoking. Yeah, maybe and, they and they kiss at some point. And they do kiss, but
1: whatever. It's very so, gentle. Yeah.
0: yeah. But meanwhile, the other three just. Panic! Before you know it, they're swimming into a river. Swimming in what I'm just
1: considering the Hudson. I know it's not, but yeah. that's just what it looks like. It's just Disgusting, gross. It's
0: just a seagull
1: poop canal. Yeah, I'm not jumping in that harbor, no. ma'am, to
0: go save this to go jerk. save
1: Molly Shannon and Barry. Yeah.
0: So so then uh, <laughs> they yeah so they jump it so they they at some point they all end up on that boat.
1: They all end up on the boat. Let's and just get a there. Bunch they, of kids.
0: They all end up on a yacht, and it's and they're like. And they, they think, that, okay, this is the moment. They turn on the lights, and it's just a bunch of high school kids we've never met before.
1: Who are not related to any of the moms, not which their would have been kids. a fun twist. That
0: would have made sense if they had older kids. Or like
1: the neighbor's kids that were like messing up the lawn in the beginning of yeah. the show. Of the yeah, movie.
0: and they're all just sitting around on their phones. You know, oh, kids these days. They're not even hooking up. And then we get some kind of like sort of quasi baby boomer. Gen X humor of like, I'm going to take all your phones away and you're all going to have to talk to each other. What are you going
1: to do? <laughs> yeah, you
0: have to have an expe- awkward experience of not having your phones like we did.
1: and <laughs> Smoking blunts in the bathroom. Yeah, like look how we turned out.
0: <laughs> we uniformly hate our lives, you yeah. know? So then they swim back to shore.
1: Gross. And then Gross. they go home. Yeah, I guess that's it. That's That's it. it. That's it. Let me see if we we skipped over anything. Oh no, because
0: on <sighs> there's some reason for the boat, what gets them to the yacht, and I don't know what the reason is, but I I can't imagine anybody cares.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's it. That I literally no the things that we haven't talked about that I just like hate, loathe, and despise. We talked about a little bit earlier about the the dads and the babies. <laughs> and the the dad advice mm-hmm. on how to be a good dad but he's clearly not a good dad either no and so it's kind of comical question mark you yeah. have like the gray bacon beer
0: oh yeah he it, uh. it's it's just kind of like it feels like a very stereotypical performance of men in like two in like early 2000s like 2010s comedy you know it's this yeah. adam because it's adam scott and rob
1: hubel um, Who are quote unquote The bad dads They're because like They're yeah. staying home With the kids But Adam Levine Is the cool
0: dad Right Well Adam Levine Well he's not even a dad Oh even cooler Yeah he's have, he doesn't even know And I think that's the problem It's like well What's this guy know
1: about Right he's, like he's my life He's in a bar And leaving shifts To go smoking With some random mom Yeah
0: this This isn't sustainable My husband's at home Bonding with the kids and of course at the end, you know, Adam Scott makes her like 16 candles fantasy come true. Yeah, and you know puts on that drag because that's kind of a running theme. She Mm -hmm. wants to find her Jake Ryan. That's the whole thing about Adam Levine and he has
1: the car
0: and he has the car. He has the pull Porsche at the end. They play the music, and the other moms are like, oh, my God, go for it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Oh, my God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to drive away
1: in a little car. But then,
0: no, but then doesn't he give her the keys and go, here, you and the moms take the key, take the car and go have a good time.
1: You're remembering that correctly.
0: So it's not even a hot date at the end. He's like, no, I put this whole thing on. For you
1: and your friends. I'll get
0: an Uber to pick me up. He's like, why are you wearing a sweater vest? I'm doing a Jake Ryan. Where's your wife? She's with her girlfriends. Yep It'll be a left up ahead You yeah. know <laughs> Nope that's good That's good Yep, That's good That's good Thank No I can you. just get Five out stars, here yep. Thanks yep mm-hmm. Good conversation
1: Yeah I feel like we talked a lot about The things that we don't like About this movie How could I not I have I have a couple of things That, that really I do like a lot Alright well, So I think it's worth mentioning we, We'll put some dessert On
0: this dinner On okay. this fun mom dinner Yeah
1: Okay Through all in all Even though we just shit on it a lot the Emily and Adam Scott relationship of like, like they do have some real conversations. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've heard that conversation in my house and it felt Mm -hmm. real. And then, you know, they could have made up better in the end, but that like initial scene early on before the whole green blanket moment, Mm -hmm. um, where they're like talking about the babysitter stuff. I'm like, Oh yeah, I see this as a failing relationship and they want to fix it. Right. I get it.
0: I kind of feel like Adam Levine is or not, Adam leaving. Adam Scott is in the same situation in both this movie and Big Little Lies. Yeah,
1: he's yeah. You know, in a
0: way, he's sort of relegated to the same kind the of
1: apathetic father he, figure. Yeah, yeah. Who's not paying or attention? Husband figure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is a nuance in this movie that I've, I'm curious if you caught it in the trampoline class at the very beginning. Tony Collette with the diaper. Yes. So she mentions, you know, why are you wearing a diaper? Oh, because, you know, people jump and they pee or whatever. At the very start of the class, there is a girl in the front corner who is jumping, stops, gets off, and runs away. And it the first time I saw it, I was like, why did she run away? And then I made that connection. Then I watched it again. I was like, oh, that's funny. Props to that extra
0: Call this funny mom dinner.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Runaway to pee mom dinner. Yeah, yeah.
0: Fun mom trampoline
1: class. Uh yeah. That um that and then I I wrote down this quote, this is all great feedback. What is that? Who said that? Is that is that what Adam Scott says to him when he's like, give him two Cs uh, a day? I don't know. I
0: don't know. Okay. Um, I know what you're I know I know what you're talking about with the two C's where you, you give a you know a compliment every day that was his, that was his husbandly advice is like We just you know and that was kind of a depressing view of relationships like we try to like each other like Four months out of the year and Ugh. I try to maintain that by complimenting our like three times every day
1: Gross and I was like this it shouldn't be that hard.
0: It, yeah, I think this really you know, one shot at this life You're
1: gonna be happy four months out of the year. Yeah um, and then the other two that we talked about already is uh, Barry because I just there's this kid, he's just such a small geeky. You think guy. Barry
0: has like just a huge dick, a huge, maybe like just disgustingly maybe like, unusable.
1: Yes, and or maybe Barry is also like like he's single and he's this old and he's kind of a nerd because he's like a, like a drag persona or something that he like only comes out at oh. and, and when he's by himself. Do you think he turns into he
0: he? he turns into like Ethel Merman or something. Maybe, he, he, maybe. He that that's a fun
1: image I have of Barry.
0: Yeah. I feel like maybe in drag he becomes Bridget Everett.
1: Yeah. 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 Or I mean the the realistic ver- version of Barry is probably that he comes up and there's a bunch of VHS's piled up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> room. I, and... I think yeah, I think he just becomes <laughs> like five cats in one litter box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage Barry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: um and and then Paul Rudd and Paul Rudd I have yes I agree I think Paul Rudd it's almost worth watching this to see Paul Rudd Yeah. because he's it's the most charming I've ever seen him in a movie
1: But does he ever come back Nope just that just that one scene, scene
0: one scene Beatrice Strait mm, yeah best supporting actress Paul Rudd best supporting husband Paul Rudd There you go so, speaking of best supporting husbands, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we're gonna transition now, and I'm gonna warn listeners who have not seen Broadchurch. You do have to stop listening here if you don't want to be spoiled, because uh, we're gonna, this is literally the biggest spoiler possible.
1: Yeah, and can I just say, listeners, if you have not seen Broadchurch, watch it and do not listen to this episode, because one of the best things about Broadchurch is who did it
0: and not knowing what's going to happen it
1: floored me so yeah. if you if you watch it knowing it'll be a it'll still be a really good show but it'll be a different experience watch this listen to this again and then you can re-watch it and be like oh i knew a whole time yeah
0: yeah the whole time so enough warning enough warning uh now a warning <laughs> uh so uh broad church broad church now i'm gonna just because i want to get all my dates right on this fun mom dinner get your IMDP page out of my not broad city though i do want to i do have a scene from broad city i'm doing an episode on Mm. no spoilers there No spoilers there but uh it's gonna be real good okay so broad church is uh it ran from 2013 to 2017 there are four there's three seasons excuse me there's three seasons I have only seen the first season. We have watched the first season. Mm-hmm. We have not watched any more beyond that, though I'm very excited to. Uh Broadchurch if you again, at this point, if you're listening, you either don't care about knowing what happens or you've watched it. So as you know, there is uh the murder of an 11-year-old boy in this seaside town of Broadchurch in Oh, it's filmed in England. Okay. I feel like I've seen other British television and I have not needed to rely on the subtitles as much as I have with Broadchurch,
1: Yes. And watching it one time without subtitles, but then watching it a second time with subtitles, you're like, Oh, I, I, I that, Oh, that makes much more sense. now. That That's a big deal.
0: So many more little nuances. Yeah. So of course there is the murder of this, little boy in this ter- very tight knit seaside town, Olivia Coleman, mm-hmm. who we may all remember from the favorite. She plays uh, a returning, um, Detective who is like just coming back from leave, who's grown up in that town. You know, uh, her son was best friends with Danny. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's David Tennant, who is the new detective who's been brought in, who took her job. Who took her job. The job that she really wanted, I guess we should say. Right. And so now they're working together to solve this case. And as they start to explore it, all of these different people in the community become suspects. No one is clean. No one. And it's just. And as it unfolds, you're like, you don't, you really don't know where it's going to go. And you kind of go to all these different dark directions. And it definitely takes you down a lot of paths. But we're mostly going to talk about the last episode of the first season, where no turning back now, folks. We find out that the killer is Olivia Coleman's character, Ellie, It's her husband,
1: Joe. Who Joe. is the one you never suspect? He's this scrawny little bald white dude mm-hmm. who's just like taking his son back and forth from, to the police precinct.
0: Yeah, he's just he is. Um, he stays home with the kids. They have like a one-year-old, and they have their son uh, Tom. Tom. It's my it's my uh, Olivia Coleman Tom <laughs> Tom. It's all I can do is Olivia Coleman. It's like uh, Gwen Verdon. It's just Bobby, but and with Olivia Coleman, it's Tom. Uh, so. Uh, he's yeah, he's the, he's Mr. Mom. He's super supportive. in the first episode, we see that the first time we meet him, he's you know hugging her while she cries about how like mm-hmm. she's struggling you know with David Tennant's character. At no point is he in
1: a, a, a suspicious light. And no, he he plays super supportive of all of the other characters that are dealing with losing Danny. Yeah, especially with his son.
0: And he reads like such a nice guy. I actually, to be honest, as the as the season went on, the first uh, few episodes in, I was like, you know, Joe's cute. Like he's. There's something very sexy about him.
1: Yeah, I was like, wow, what a a great guy. Even in this episode when he's like leaning under the bed to look for the laptop. Yeah. Oh, hey, Joe. That dad butt. Yeah. Yeah. Literally three minutes before we find out. (laughs) Right. So I'm like, man, Joe. Like,
0: and I'm thinking, yeah, what Joe looked like? I bet. Yeah. All right, Joe. Like, yeah. You start to put the pieces together, and then like, oh, and there he is, hugging Danny. Um, Oh. So the story goes, of course, as we all know that. Joe and Danny had a special relationship where, where they were just hugging. They would just go to some, like this, this boathouse and sit. And they, it, they sort of struck up a sort of a connection and Joe, you know, um, groomed him and then gave him a phone, gave, gave, him, some a phone. Money, gave him a phone, gave him money. And then they would meet up and he would just want Danny to hold him. And it's interesting because that comes up earlier with the guy from the newsstand where he would hug the boys in the, in the scout group oh yeah and that was kind of the red herring right and he's like he and he did it because his own son had died and he's like is it so bad that i just
1: i am just now making that connection yeah
0: and that also happens with beth when she wants a hug from tom and she's like oh i miss his hugs and and ellie gets a hug from her husband in the first episode uh she hugs tom like there's all these things about hugs And like embraces and like, you know what I mean? I
1: am excited to watch this again. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. So that's kind of like this
0: symbolic, like hint thrown in that it's about this, like there's so many hugs. It's all about this connection, you know, this like, you know, and, and this, they all need something, right? Because there's Mark, Danny's uh, father where he's having the affair because he needs something. And um, Joe talks about needing something of his own. And Ellie wants the job, and, um, they, like, they all just, like, there's something missing from all of their lives, Mm -hmm. and it's, and of course, you know, they all kind of deal with it in sort of dark ways, you know, or in varyingly dark ways, Joe being the darkest, so we all know what happens, of course, that Joe accidentally kills Danny in a moment of passion, passionate rage, I should say, um, because Danny... Basically, it was like, you know, why don't you just... I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell. Why haven't you... Why didn't you do this to your son Yeah, why don't you just do... And, of course, then Mark says that to Joe. Like, you know, you you were... You know, weren't brave enough to kill your own kid. You had to kill mine. Oh. So, it's crazy that Danny and Mark both um, kind kind of threaten him the same way. Yeah, And so, Joe accidentally kills Danny by strangling him. And then, you know, that sets off, obviously, everything that happens. Mm. So, David Tennant's character figures this out from Danny's mobile phone from the emails on his phone. Yeah. He,
1: cause he, he says, I think the first hint that we get is when he says, uh, when he's talking to Tom and he says in this account that you had with Danny, he only messaged two people, you and one other person.
0: Yeah. And he kind of like lets it fly by and he lets it out in the open with Joe in the room, With Joe in the room.
1: And so when he says, you know, I think I know who killed him to the, to his, to, to, to David Tennant's boss, yeah.
0: To uh, to Elaine, the um,
1: the sort of head constable or whatever. Yeah, the, guy, the lady officer. in the white shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that moment on, we're like, okay, well then, whatever he like, we're gonna keep going at, f- keep following him then, because he knows now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the way, the way that he he throws in that he knows that the other person on the email thread, and then at the very end of that scene, he goes, oh, and hey, Tom, what's your shoe size? Five. You, Joe. Ten, okay. and he says in the Thanks. previous episode,
0: we know there's a te- there's a size ten shoe mm-hmm. footprint on the beach. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and it's weird the way that they reveal it. It's like we start to catch on, it, like when we see who it is, we kind of know, we almost sort of know. Are in denial, you know what I mean? In the same way, Ellie goes through,
1: yeah. Because w- w- when they have that beautiful, like him following the tracker, yeah, and we see all the potential suspects along the route, yeah. And you're, uh, after, after they passed, um, uh, uh, Tom, I'm like, well, then there, then who else,
0: yeah? Because he goes into Ellie's house, uh-huh. and then you think, oh my god, it is Tom, uh-huh. oh my god, Tom killed his friend, right? But
1: Tom's just sitting there watching TV, he's just
0: there watching TV, so then he just keeps going, and you're like
1: well, it where can't be, is this, right? where is this going? Oh, well,
0: yeah. And you know, the houses are all kind of connected by a field or a lawn. So who knows where he's going? And yeah, it's this incredible shot. And I, th- it's not all one take, but there is in the first episode, a, a long take. We should maybe rewatch. Yeah. That because I think it,
1: I, I feel like I was following him for a while without it. Being it may disrupted. have been.
0: Cause th- this show definitely does some long, like single take.
1: Yeah. Um, set pieces. Seeing, there's different angles for sure. In that shot. But
0: yeah, um, yeah, I, and so then it's, yeah, this very sort of almost grueling, you know, walk up to the, to the boat shed, or the mm-hmm. woodshed in the back.
1: To find out who has the phone. And it's Joe standing there, holding the phone, and it's like, oh my god. And he says, what he says, I was just, I was tired of hiding. He's tired of hiding. So he just like, yeah. Which, I mean, this is kind of a dicey conversation to have, given the parallelism, but it, it reminded me i just finished reading the velvet rage mm-hmm. and there and there is something about that um i'm always tired of hiding that that kind of like rings true a bit mm-hmm. um obviously not with like you know child spray right. right all that right. stuff right. yeah but but after after reading that and then watching this being like oh wow like there is definitely those moments where you're like oh i see I see how Tom is like or uh, uh, how what's his name? Joe is is definitely hiding or covering up or like, you know, Mm -hmm. deflecting and and keeping that shame. And and it boils over. Yeah. And 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 that's what happens, especially because he
0: puts on such a stable appearance. Like, yeah, similar with the Velvet Rage where it's Mm -hmm. like you put on this outward appearance, but Mm -hmm. then internally, like you are the most tortured. And we're seeing these other people whose torture is out in the open in a way. I mean. It gets revealed or they admit to it or affairs they affairs, yeah,
1: the past dark pasts, and yeah, but people are talking about it,
0: right? And they're like not trying to portray perfection. Um, whereas, yeah, like Joe is kind of like again, the last one you suspect, right? And so, of course, what this all leads up to, and I had friends who had seen Broad Church and were like, oh man, just wait till see the last episode of the first, yeah. of the first season because this all leads up to really kind of an aria of sorts of when David Tennant's character tells Ellie um, that it's Joe. And because he's, he already knows, so he's like, he has got her off talking to another suspect. And so once they bring Joe in, you know, he then goes into the, the interrogation room where she's talking to Nigel, um, who is Mark's apprentice and, you know, interrupts it and, you know, sends them out and she's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm in the middle of investigation. And the, as much as she's amazing in all of this, I do want to like credit him at the start for he, David Tennant, yeah. In terms of like doing a scene with someone, and obviously you know how this is more than I do, but like he creates like this space. He like he does the structure of the scene and like supports her in a way. Mm-hmm. Like the performance, the scene's not about him. He never makes it about him, but he has to say all of the triggers and he has to keep propelling the scene with her right. while she kind of does this much more. Um, uh, like a performance that that like is, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's, it's so much. an emotional much, roller coaster. Yeah. And
1: he has to not be emotional. And he has to just stand back and, yeah. and let it happen and be supportive of her going through that experience. And propel her through it by right. telling her these things and right. responding to her. And not only as a character, but also just as an actor, which is so fascinating to think about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I, yeah. Thinking about the two of them, doing this scene like Mm -hmm. just thinking about two actors doing the scene thinking about her having to like having to kind of work through okay how's this gonna go like you know because it's it's a it's it's an interesting every everything she says is a different note Mm -hmm. it's it's either you know my favorite I think being when he comes around the table she's why are you coming around here don't call me Ellie like she starts to resist that and I think and we'll, you know we'll play the clip, of course. But I think when he tells her that it's Joe, and she goes,
1: "No, what the fuck?" Like
0: she says, "What the fuck?" Like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. is really interesting. Like that resistance.
1: Yeah, this whole time, especially, I, I would I'd be interested to line this up with like the stages of grief mm-hmm. because she experiences a lot really quickly. It was Joe. Joe killed
0: Danny Latvala.
1: No. What the fuck? No, he didn't. He didn't.
0: We have him in custody.
1: Right. She saw Nigel, my sister. They
0: don't be they so, Joe. No. Seen bald facial similarities, bald head on the hair. They thought they saw Nigel, but they saw Joe.
1: No, it's not Joe. It's not Joe. It's not Joe. Please. It's <laughs> wrong i oh, no. I
0: want to see him. I want to see him. I want to see him. You sure?
1: You're not right. I want to see him she she hears it and it kind of lands on her and when she lets that set there's like that big grief but then she snaps out of it and she's like no this isn't true this isn't true yeah and then she starts thinking about it and it like sinks right back into that Reality and you see it wash over her face of like oh my god oh my god oh yeah my god. and then snaps right back out of it again I need to see him this isn't true I know it's not true I'm gonna go talk, talk to yeah him. well and it's interesting that at one point
0: like the sort of visceral reaction of her like retching in the corner oh th-
1: and touching the wall and just oh.
0: yeah she like gets up and like she has a hand against the wall which is a is a uh, something oh, foreshadowing action <laughs> yeah it's foreshadowing action and she's you know crouched in the corner retching. But then it's like, yeah, she goes back to, but but Susan Wright, she saw Nige, you know, like, mm-hmm. and he's like, no, it was mistaken identity, you know. And so then, yeah, she's insisting on seeing him, which says, you're not right, you know, like, and I always, I think about that, like, that moment where she's like, you're wrong, I need to see him.
1: And then they walk her down the hallway.
0: And part of me feels uh, like in that walk, she knows, oh, it is true. Yeah. You can see in her face this, like, yeah. resignation, like, oh, it's true. Oh, it's definitely true. And so... I think it was like coming out of that moment of him first telling her, like as walking gives her a chance to process
1: it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then he leads her to the room and he says, just don't touch him. And she goes, he's twice my size or something. I what am I going to do to him?
0: Yeah. What am I going to do? You know, there's cameras everywhere. Like I'm not going to do anything. And so then she goes in there and, you know, we'll, we'll play the scene. We'll play it out here. Um, but you know, Warning: As you may know, it's going to end in a lot of screaming. You don't touch him. You don't do anything that might jeopardize the connection.
1: What am I going to do? He's bigger than me. There no are cameras everywhere. Oh. Sit down. is it true? I never touched Tom or Fred. I never touched Danny. I've always loved you. He was
0: 11. I can't
1: explain it. Can I see Tom? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah so it, uh, I, I like th- this is i mean what i love about this is that it, she's going to the to a 27 the way that tony collette does mm-hmm. in hereditary um the way any like even beatrice straight in in network like moments of like whoa whoa you just like you're
1: just fucking going for it here letting it all out there's the ringing of those emotions like ringing of all that inner turmoil and strife and and i think what's so
0: interesting is how in a way at the beginning of the scene like she like in the in the scene before david tennant is really controlling the timing Mm -hmm. in in like his responses obviously are like the cues for these emotional reactions and then i think in here she's kind of handling the timing of being like sit down is it true? Like, she's measuring it out. Mm-hmm. And he goes right to that place of, like, I didn't touch them. I never touched them. And, and then, then she
1: mentions the, the baby, the last, right? Oh, yeah. Because so he sa-
0: says, Tom, Danny, and Fred. Because he, yeah, he, I thought doesn't, I thought he said that. Like, oh, I've never touched Tom. I never touched Freddy. Um, I didn't realize she said it.
1: No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. He did. Oh, he says. Yeah, he, he mentions, says that. And when he mentions their baby, that's when she loses well, it. Because I think then he says, can I see Tom? Yeah, that's
0: because he says, "Can I see Tom?" And she says, "No." And then she, and then that no comes, and the hand goes up, oh. and she just starts, she like starts beating on him, and then, you know, and obviously the way that they show the scene, we're not really seeing him, but again, the hand goes on the wall, like as she's screaming, "You fucking piece of shit!" And she's kicking. I mean,
1: him, oh, kicking like rage. It's incredible.
0: Like it's just the. I, again I think about the performance I think about the actor like mm-hmm. she's obviously kicking a sandbag or something mm-hmm. but it's like okay here you need to get it like this is you all the,
1: all all of this needs to lead up to this moment yeah and then when she's being and then they come in and they drag her away mm-hmm. that is where I just it I, I'm goosebumps just oh thinking yeah about it oh Uh, Her face is just, that's where
0: she is. Anguish. Yeah. She's emptying the tank. Here's everything I've got. That's screaming. And just, it's it's Tony
1: Collette on, on the floor in child's pose.
0: Yes, exactly. Like it's, it's that same level. And I just, anytime an actor will do that, I'm like, God, I like alone. I think what it takes, because obviously there's a lot of people in the room when they're filming, you know, and there's, there's so much of like, you have to just get to that like incredibly emotional moment almost inorganically you mm-hmm. know an actors prepare and all that stuff but like at the end of the day they have to set up the shot they have to set up all that lighting that we keep talking about the the camera
1: camera is very close in yeah your face the
0: camera's right there and so and then she has to like r- release all of that and reveal yeah. all that and like yeah. go to that place of i'm i i might go too far you know in front of
1: all these people mm-hmm. and i just
0: think like that that's that's what's exciting about
1: acting to me yeah, yeah. It's taking those, it's, it's abandoned is what my, I had a theater teacher in college call it. It's like just going out there and literally like putting it so much out there that you just abandon everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that like you can tell when an actor does that versus when they don't. Yeah. And I think she 110% did. And we we're saying before we recorded, I would love to see Olivia Coleman in hereditary slash an Ari Aster horror movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah! I just I can't like imagine like it would be incredible. So I put that out there. Universe, Ari, are you listening? Ari, Ari, out there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> are- <laughs> anyway, that's this episode. We're done. Um. So, uh, I, I'm very excited to get into season two because I feel like what we see at the in this episode, like particularly in like. There's this huge reaction, but then kind of, as you said, like she snaps back to just like, okay, I can't. She goes back to like either just shutting down or just getting the facts and just being a detective about it and like puts the emotions on ice a little bit.
1: Interesting. I've not heard anything. The only thing I know is that uh, Phoebe from Fleabag, is in one of the seasons, either season two or three, because she sh- she showed up on a cast list. Oh, and I was like, oh, oh, wonderful. Well, I just mean
0: like in the last episode of the first season. um oh, Ellie last, shuts oh, down. Oh, I see. I, I see, don't know I what see. we see in season two, but I'm excited that uh, what's it, Phoebe Waller Bridge? Yeah, Yeah. Emmy nominee Phoebe Waller Bridge. Olivia Colman is also, of course, in Fleabag.
1: That's right. So That's I love right. that she connection. Is.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I because obviously there's so much. Like I think that the last episode, without being a cliffhanger, because I think what I love is the last episode really does tell the story.
1: It finishes. It it puts an end to like I would say Broadchurch Part One.
0: Yeah, but I think unlike Big Little Lies, where it's like okay, like the main crime has been committed. Now, what are you going to tell? The unfolding from here, I'm actually very interested in.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see this town fall apart. Yeah, and and, and lines are going to be drawn, and yeah, some people might be sympathetic to Mark. Yeah, and I think that there's or to, to uh, Joe. Oh to Joe,
0: yeah. And I think there's you know, we see that scene between Beth and Ellie at the end where Ellie's like, you know, they they meet in the field and you're kind of hoping it's gonna be this moment of like mother's grieving. You I know.
1: wanted I wanted either mother's grieving or mother's punching. Like yeah. I just wanted her to just like wail into Olivia Coleman's chest and then yeah. collapse and cry and be like, I know, I know, you know. Like, yeah, that
0: like there I I think by the way that they left it of like, there's no way you couldn't have known. I think they're setting up a much longer conflict that maybe we'll see more of yeah. in the second season. Yeah, I, Broadchurch is, this sounds like hyperbole, but it's really one of the best shows I've seen from an acting plot wise production music. You know, just interesting cinematography, mm-hmm. you know, everything, all everything feels like an intentional choice. We talked a lot about like the severe lighting and so many scenes in the last episode. There's so much like I think told visually about the truth coming to light, mm-hmm. things happening in harsh light that I, you know, of course, the end with all the bonfires is just so moving. Right. It's it's just, like, so consummately made, I guess is what I'm trying to say, you it know? It feels,
1: yeah, very, like, encompassing. Like, oh, they've taken time to, you know... You can tell this was definitely made by BBC mm-hmm. as opposed to by, like, Netflix. Right. You know and what I mean? I feel like someone said there's an American remake
0: of Broadchurch. Is that oh, true? Oh, I'm not interested unless if it has, like, some amazing talent. I need to do some research on that. I'm not really... I don't really need it. Um, yeah, I certainly don't need it. And I can't find any... Quick details. Yeah, because who
1: would you cast these parts as in the American version?
0: I mean, I just feel like once Olivia Coleman does a role, I don't really know who else could do it. Who else yeah. does it? Yeah, like who? I mean, you'd have
1: like Jeff Daniels could play uh, the David Tennant's. Oh, part. that
0: could be interesting. I could, I could get into Jeff Daniels. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Who would play who? What American actress would you like to see playing this kind of role of of Ellie? Oh, are you forgetting? Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. I had the same thought. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. I agree. I'd love to see, especially after Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. I would love to see her do something like this and just flip, you know, our perceptions of her on, you know, on on her head.
1: You know, who could play Danny's mom would be like a Rachel Griffith. Yeah. Ooh, Rachel Griffiths. That'd be fun. Oh, I would love to see that. Especially after watching her in Brothers and Sisters.
0: Oh, okay. So you have that
1: lens. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think there's any like character uh, similarities, but as far yeah. as just like the way that she handles trauma, there's mm-hmm. like, oh, you get it.
0: Yeah. I, uh,
1: Broadchurch, amazing. Just so good. Has nothing to do with fun mom dinner. Nothing. I mean, except, okay. I'm, I have a gymnastics link okay. for these. And um, in a way, these, it's all these people dealing with grief in, to some extent. Because, yeah. I mean, you have obviously you have uh, the characters in Broadchurch that have obviously gone through this, but then the turmoil of that. But then in Fun Mom Dinner, they're all running away from how miserable their lives are. They're literally running at one yeah. point.
0: Literally running. Yeah. And I think what's interesting at the end of Fun Mom Dinner is like, well, um, the fantasy, creating a fantasy is what's going to keep things going, you know, yeah. by being. By becoming someone else, by becoming Jake Ryan, Adam Scott's character mm-hmm. becomes what she wants, but it's right. not who he mm-hmm. is. He's it's just it, things right. don't change that like that just because you jumped in a river,
1: right? Yeah, it just
0: doesn't happen that way. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up getting some sludge on me. Yeah, and that was no good. Mm-mm. Speaking of sludge, look at Marco. He's oh, just man. this. He's slug sludged on the, out. He is sludged out. His hand Those is twitching. Cages
1: are moving. Though. Thank God. Oh, thank God. God. Tail is twitching.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I'm so glad we got to talk about Fun Mom Dinner and Broadchurch, uh, and a thank you to all the listeners who, after I um, first ever mentioned uh, discovering not discovering but just realizing that Olivia Coleman existed and was amazing, was like because I was like, "Where's Olivia Coleman been all this time?" And people were like,
1: "Well, she's been a little she's show. been the kind of busy." And so then I like
0: looked at her IMDb filmography and was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. So what I put out there to the listeners who are familiar with Olivia Coleman. I want to know what is a peak Olivia Colman, best thing you've ever seen her do. Is it Broadchurch? I'm not saying it's not amazing. I just want is to know. The is it favorite? Is that? Yeah, like what is, because I even heard people say, oh, she's great in the favorite, but if you've seen some of her other stuff, she, right, she works right. harder. Like Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada versus Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. Great performance, but like she's, she's done even There's more. There's more there. Yeah. So I want to know what people think is like the, like pinnacle, like, it a, if it's a movie, if it's a scene, if it's a TV show where she is doing her best work. Yeah. In the details pod at gmail.com or Colin Drucker on Twitter. Um, speaking of social medias, why don't we remind people at the end of this episode who want to know more about Death Cruise, which has, you know, which 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 is its own
1: sort of broad church at sea. Yeah, there's definitely people running away from grief Yeah, all, all aspects. And there's some fun high stakes and low stakes and. Comedies and... Yeah. There's some...
0: There's something happens
1: in water. There's definitely a boat. There's
0: people... There's a boat. Yeah, there's definitely fire. I mean there's a water connection to all through the broad churches on the, on the mm-hmm, water, mm-hmm. fun mom, dinner climaxes on the and water a, on a boat and on a boat
1: death cruise happens all on oh, a, on a boat. cruise ship. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I I don't know why I didn't just lead with that. Yeah. We're on a boat. It's summer. It, yeah. And it's summer, which is, I'm dripping with sweat. Oh yeah, so. I'm almost
1: cold now from all the sweat. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Oh yeah. I know. And Marco, you're just,
1: oh, I
0: know you're a baked potato. Look at
1: those teeth. Oh, yeah. Lips are open. Oh yeah. Um, uh, So, Death Cruise. Death Cruise. Yes. Check us out on our Instagram, our Facebook, Twitter. All of those handles are Thicket, the letter in Thistle, Thicket and Thistle. Uh, Also, check out our website. Had some pretty cool uh, website upgrades recently, Uh, www.thicketandthistle.org. And uh, we'd love for your listeners to come see our show. We open on the 26th, and we're running this weekend and potentially next weekend.
0: There you go. There you go. And if you happen to be listening to this well after that, something else could easily have happened with this show. Oh, yeah.
1: We're busy. We got a busy 2020 and a busier 2021. Yeah.
0: So, too, so too. Well, uh, so glad you could join me in the details. Thanks I'll for having I'll me. I'll have to have you back. so much time. fun. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Next time we'll hang out, but. I'm sure um, I'll see you around. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have my number?
1: Um, I'll get it from your assistant.
0: Yeah. That yeah. would be great. I should. I should. Uh, I,
1: should I have a business card.
0: Oh, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just leave it over there. I'll leave it on the table. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you um anyway folks you know how to get more of me and uh or to just reach out to me or to just tell me what you think of fun mom dinner or broad church or olivia coleman or really kind of anything or when you want to come see death cruise or when you want to see come, or, or if you are in fact going to see death cruise then you need to tell me so i can meet you um and that of course the best way to do that is in the details pod at gmail.com Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, if you're feeling, you know, like that's your better, you know, mode of operation. And, um, yeah, uh, coming up next, I kind of think I might do the scene from Fosse Verdon next week, or I might do the desert monologue from, uh, from the comeback. I can be a rollatini. Yeah, from my husband. Um... Uh, world of possibilities. Like I'm an Aquarius, I don't want to. I don't want to lock myself in too quickly. Um, so you'll know when I know, but it's going to happen very short, shortly, very shortly. All right. Well, now that the stroke's kicking in, I'm going to wrap it up, folks. I thank you for tuning in for another celebration of micro moments, acting choices, and the magic in the minutia, even in middling classics like Fun Mom Dinner. And uh, see y'all real soon. Bye.